Welcome, everybody. It's, uh, it's always uh, wonderful to be together as a church family as well as always. I love you guys over there in Boynton and everyone uh, watching at uh, church at home. It's just, it's just neat just to gather together, especially in a crazy world that we live in, to be reminded um, who God is and also get to enjoy uh, just the community that we get to be uh, a part of. So we are in uh, week number two of a series uh, called uh, Rational Lies. And the story or the series is really kind of about this. And I want you to understand this about yourself because this is the truth, is that you know that we have an incredible ability as human be beings to convince of our, ourselves of realities that aren't actually real. Like we, we, we can tell ourselves stories and we use little things like our past experiences and maybe the culture we grew up in or our personalities. And, and what happens is we actually begin to create or begin to craft stories and values that we believe are true that direct the steps of our lives. And the reason why this is so important is because sometimes what happens is the stories we're telling ourselves aren't actually true. And the problem with this is that even though it's not true, it's really irrelevant. Because if you believe it to be true, it doesn't make it true, but here's what it does. It begins to control how you feel and the choices you make and the choices you make determine the outcomes and the directions of your lives. In fact, I'll never forget this moment. Um, I was with my older sister, Heather, who lives out in California now. And um, I was about 15 years old. And she was uh, with a few of her friends, like three or four. So I'm like a 15-year-old guy with like three or four senior girls. And, and we decided to go up in the mountains around midnight at night. And in the mountains, there was this, what was called a haunted house in a place called Highlands, North Carolina, near a place called Sunset Rock. And so we were like gonna be all brave and we you know, parked a car where we could and we're walking up this mountain. Like it's literally, there's nothing around. And I was in the front of the group trying to be like the manly guy, you know, protecting these girls and being strong and a 15 year old guy thinking I'm the king of the world. And, and so I'm with one of my sister's friends named Tracy. She was our neighbor. And we're walking along, and all of a sudden, we got this flashlight, and Tracy looks, and she yells, she says to me, Scott, it's a dead body. And it's like, you know, remember, the haunted house is like a horror movie right now, okay? So we're living this. I'm like, what am I doing? Like what men will do for girls, right? And so we're sitting there doing this, and we take the flashlight, and we look over. Sure enough, <laughs> middle of the woods around midnight, there's this body on the ground. I'll never forget this moment because I was like, dead body. I turn around and ran, knocked the girls over <laughs> on the way back to the car at 15 years old. I got your story. Like I was, it, was, it was done at that point. And then I'm like knocking at my mom and dad's door. Hey guys, I want to sleep up with you guys tonight. <laughs> And sure enough, the next day we go back and we were convinced. I mean, we saw it there. Sure enough, what we discovered was it wasn't a dead body. It was a stone with red leaves around it that kind of looked like a dead body. But why is this important besides me humiliating myself publicly in front of all of you? It's because it didn't matter if it was true, did it? I felt it was true. And because I felt it was true, it led me to create choices and actions and values, save my own life, forget everyone else in the moment because I believe it's true. Listen to this. The same is true with the stories you tell yourself, guys. And I'm just telling you right now that there are certain values that you have that maybe your parents or maybe your friends or maybe your entertainment, but something is created in you that are driving your life that may not be best. They may not be right, but they are still driving you. There are belief systems you have about yourself. There, there are things that are determining your priorities and your parenting and all of these things when it comes to your life. And what my concern is as human beings is we have the ability to take little pieces of truth and little things in our lives and they're telling stories that are driving our lives. And many 
many of them are based on lies. And so last week, uh, Pastor Junior did such an amazing job, and he, he talked about one of the lies that we tell ourselves, and the lie we tell ourselves is this, that the list is more important than the rest. And, and that, that somehow or another in our culture, we have glorified busyness. How are you doing? Oh, it's been crazy busy. And we take that as a badge of honor instead of looking at life and going, actually, no, I'm really healthy. Like, we don't know how to say that. And so what's happening is we convinced ourselves in this culture that, you know what? Hey, you can't just enjoy the kids and your family. You've got to make sure the house is clean. You can't shut off your email at 5 o'clock and actually be present with your family. You can't say no to the 78 sports your children want to play. You've got to take them to every one, right? In other words, we've created a world that is, that is very unhealthy, by the way, and has taught us that somehow busyness is a good thing, and we're living out of bounds and out of balance. We don't have the Sabbath, and we don't have the rest, and we're falling apart on the inside because of the rational lies we've told ourselves that somehow or another, I'm a great mom if I'm always busy. I'm a great dad if I'm always at work. I need to do these things in my life. And if you missed that last week, you need, you need to go back and listen to it. Now, this week, what I want to do is I want to share another rational lie, something we tell ourselves. And this is something that at many times I have found myself struggling with. And I think every one of us, we get down to it, struggle with this. And here's the rational lie that we tell ourselves today. That little choices have little consequences or rewards. The little choices have little consequences or rewards. In other words, there is this tendency in us to think that that little thing isn't gonna make a big difference in my life. And we minimalize the small choices we have in our lives. We just do, right? So we think, oh, you know, if, if, if we go to bed angry tonight, don't talk, but it's not a big deal. We'll just deal with it later on. Hey, you know, it doesn't really matter if I'm at church on a regular basis. It's just, it's not a big deal if I have that conversation when I was wrong and say I'm sorry or just let it sit there. Like, it, it's not a big deal, that little compromise at work. And I'm just, I'm gonna come a little bit here, but it's not a, not a big deal. And so what's happening is the story we tell ourselves is those little choices, those little consequences, those little, excuse me, um, compromises or, or maybe good investments of your energy and time. They don't really have a big impact. And the reason why we believe this is because it's so important to understand this is because there's something in us that when we make little choices because we don't see the consequence or the reward in the moment, we don't believe that they're having an incredible impact. But today what I want you to understand is this, is that so many of you want to have these massive changes in your soul and your emotions and your family and your business and in your life. And what you believe is that the only thing that's going to change them are the big decisions of your life. But today what I want you to see something, we're going to see some scriptures to prove this. But I want you to understand that sometimes the big change you want in your life is going to be the result of not big change, but small change consistently and persistently over time has an incredible impact on every arena of your life. And that's just not me saying this. I want you to see this both practically in the world and spiritually in the kingdom of God. In fact, I, I was doing a lot of research this week, just kind of trying to go, how can I help everyone begin to understand the massive impact that little choices have persistently and consistently over time, even though they don't feel them in the moment. And there was something very interesting I thought about. It was written in a, in a book called uh, Atomic Habits. And I, I love this graph because it's such a perfect reminder to you. If you're here today going, man, those little things don't matter, or I've been doing that little thing and I'm not feeling the change in my life, I want to let, let you look at this graph I thought was really kind of cool. And, and what this, this author wrote in this book, Atomic Habits, is, it, is if you get 1% better every day, that in the end of the day, I love this graph, you don't feel very different. But at the end of the year, you're 37 times better at whatever you invested 1% in every day of your life. Now think about that. 
Uh, by the way, on the negative, right, you get really bad. But from the positive end, look how much better you can be. Now think about this. What if you added 1% better every day in your battle over fear by replacing it with faith? Like, in other words, it seems so insignificant. I mean, I, God, I battled with this yesterday, and then now it's today, and then it's the next day. God, it's not working. No, no, no. What it is, is 1% of the time, you're strengthening your faith, and you're weakening your fear. And in a year from now, you're going to be 37 times better, more filled with faith and joy and peace than you were anxiety and fear in your life. Imagine what that could do in your marriage. Well, he doesn't even notice. Yeah, but 1% over time, 37 times better in your marriage? What about your budgeting, your saving? Yeah, it makes such a little impact. Yeah, but over time. And I want you to see this because one of the things I love about these graphs and what you see over and over again is that there's something about the momentum. There's something about the, the, uh, the trajectory of your life that when you are consistently and persistently getting better, 1%, 1% better, 1% instead of comparing myself to others, being content in who God has made me, 1% that over time you get 37 times and one year better than you were before. Listen, that's a little choice that becomes a massively big transformational impact over time because little things over time create a big impact. It's the same thing with compound interest. I love this, um, although this is probably not a good time to talk about money with inflation. But, um, you know, I, I, what I love about this, um, I love, sorry, there we go. Here we go. What I love about this picture is this. I love this graph. It's because you begin to say, just imagine for a moment, I took, say you get married at like 20 years old and, or 25, whatever you want to go. And, and for 45 years, you guys say, here, we're going to commit each to give $50 a week. And we're going to kind of save this in a little count. So instead of going to Starbucks five times, we'll make our own coffee. And, and maybe once a week, instead of going out to dinner, we won't order, order dessert, you know. So at $50 a week, it just doesn't seem like a lot. Like, that's not going to change your life when you hear you have these due incomes and you're kind of raising a family. But what I love about this graph is that over four, you do it over time, and that $50 a week turns to $1 million when you retire. And yet what's so fascinating about this, I love this about compounding interest, is that is as you're doing this, what happens, look, year one, year two, year three, year six, year eight, it doesn't even feel like anything's changing, does it? Because what's happening, once you see this about the small choice, is such a powerful picture. This is, this is not, by the way, just about money. This is what you find in your life. You'll find this in the scriptures as well. Is as you consistently doing what's happening, you're actually creating momentum. It's building on themselves. And all these little actions and all these choices are adding and adding and adding. And at the end of the day, I love this reality, is that you gave 200000 230000 But once again, the compound interest, the money you made worked on itself. It added to it over 800000 oh, about 800000 on what you have. In other words, that 80% of the work or investment wasn't even yours. It was the compounding interest over time, over time, consistently, persistently doing it. And it feels like nothing's happened. It feels like nothing happened. And then eventually you look at your life and you look at these years later and you go, wow, those little choices over time had an unbelievable impact on your life. Now listen to this. I'm not here to talk about money today and investments and all that stuff. Here's what I want you to see. That this exact principle is true in everything that you do. This is true in your marriage. This is true in your soul and your spirit. This is true in your parenting. This is true in your business. This is true in your budgeting. Is what I want you to understand is that you will see this. There is both a spiritual 
which we'll look at in a moment, and a practical principle that your small choices over time are actually going to literally create and they can alter the course and the direction of your life because little choices over time, and when you add God into that, it will make a massive difference in your life. Now, a couple of reasons why I want to talk about little choices today before we get into this, and I want you to see this. First is this, is that part of the reason why we struggle with little choices and we don't see the value in them is that you don't get the results right away, do you? <clears throat> like, like you, you gave this $50, but you don't see anything. It takes time. And so what can happen with little choices, because you don't get the consequence or the reward in the moment, you can feel like what you're doing is not does, doesn't matter. But in reality, it's compounding and building, creating momentum that's changing your life. The second thing that I love about little choices to help you today, um, because I want you to experience what God has for you, is the second thing I love about little choices are, is they are much easier to start and sustain, right? Like you ever, you ever find that moment where sometimes people go, hey, I'm gonna go on this diet, it's gonna be massive, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna eat vegetables for the rest of my life and you know, be, everything's gonna be like that, just water and vegetables. And it sounds so good and you can maybe, it's hard to start, maybe you can finally start it, but you can't sustain that. Because the moment someone makes bacon, you're gonna like, I give up. <laughs> so I've heard, so I've heard, I don't know. But see, there's been studies that show this, that when you create goals and you create little steps that are sustainable and maybe they're, easy, they're small or easy to start, easy to sustain, so you actually get to the end. So what I love about little, little choices today is that we're challenging you to encourage to step, you to step into everything that God has for you in your lives is that sometimes what if it isn't the big choice, but once again, it's this little choice that you can actually sustain and maybe more importantly, you can start today. But here's the third aspect that I really wanna focus on today, and that's this. Is there's a third element to this um, the system, if you will, um, of little choices, and that is the spiritual side. Is that what you're going to discover is, is that when you're making these little choices, doing these little good things in your life, that it is not simply a practical principle. It's not just something like where you can put in a bank account and do that. But what a lot of us don't understand and we leave out of our equation is that there is God's power, there is God's influence and promises that are actually connected to when you do these little good things. Like, do you realize that the creator of the universe, and I want you to see this, has given you a promise and has told you about a spiritual principle that as you begin to sow these small little things that feel like they're not doing much, that like compound interest, God is stepping into these little things that you are sowing, and He is bringing His power, He is using His angels, He is using His kingdom principles to actually help bless you and flourish you in your life. And so I want to look at this verse, and I want you to see this. Look at this verse, and I want you to see the promise, because I'm not just here talking about math, I'm not just quoting these leadership principles, I want you to see there's a spiritual component as well. Look at what God says, look at the promise and the principle he's given every one of you when it comes to the little things that you're doing. Here's what he says. Do not be deceived. Like, don't let the fact that you're not getting the reward or the consequence right away deceive you that God isn't involved. For God cannot be mocked, and a man or a person will reap what he sows. And I love what God says there. I want you to understand something. He goes, because I know human beings and I know how the world works, is that sometimes but what, what can happen in our lives is you can do a good thing and not get the good result right away, or you can do a bad thing and not get the consequence right away, and we can feel like either A, not, nothing bad happened because I did something, I compromised here, or B, I did something good and no reward took place. And but God says, I want you to understand something. This is not just a practical world. This is a spiritual world and a spiritual kingdom. And I am the kind of God that is gonna give you the promise and create a principle for you to live by that here's what I want you to know, that whatever seeds you sow in your life, you will reap that, those, those fruit. That one day you will eat 
the fruit of the seeds that you plant. By the way, whether it is good or whether it is bad. You see the principle. You see the promise that God makes you. It isn't just about your effort, that there is a supernatural aspect that is stepping into your little acts of faithless that you feel are irrelevant. And God goes, no, they are not. Because those seeds one day that you're planting are going to become the trees that produce the fruit that, that basically that you eat in your life. They, they will literally become the life that you experience. In fact, notice what he says when he continues. He goes, for whoever sows, okay, gives, puts a seed in the ground to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. In other words, for those of you that are compromising, and some of you might need to hear this, and there's a little compromise in your business, there's a little compromise when it comes to your family, and little compromise when it comes to your, your, your time with church and the Lord, or these decisions in your life, and you're sowing that seed, and you're like, man, it's small. Like, it's not really going to matter. Look, I've been doing it for a month, and there's been no consequence. Because I want you to know something. I'm not mocked. And one day, that seed that's sitting in the ground, those little compromises you're making in your life, are actually going to produce a tree and a fruit that you're going to eat. And when you're eating that bitter fruit one day, God goes, I want you to understand something about the spiritual principle. It isn't just you. It isn't just the world. That there's a spiritual principle that God put in place. It's a promise that he makes that we will reap what we sow and that even when you sow these things in your life, I'm telling you something right now. Some of you are compromising an area. I'm just telling you something. And you go, it doesn't really matter. It matters. You just haven't eaten the fruit yet. But one day that fruit will spring forth. And this is what you will experience in your life on the, on, for, for, for the consequence, right? For the compromise. But notice I love the next side. But whoever sows to, to please the Spirit, whoever honors God with those little choices in your life, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now understand, sometimes we, we look at the word eternal life, we think heaven. But, but in a Hebrew context, the phrase was olam hobah, and it literally meant to walk with God, to walk in his presence, to walk in his blessing, to, to, to walk in enjoying his favor. You see, it wasn't about a destination one day. It was how people lived life now. And I love the promise that God makes. And it's such a powerful promise. Because I just want to tell you something. All those little acts of doing, you guys are doing one of those seeds right now. You're at church. You're making sure you're here. Your family's here. You're he goes, I want you to understand something. That as you are sowing these seeds, I promise you, I'm going to promise you that one day these little things that seem so insignificant, that didn't really matter, are actually going to spring forth. And these little tiny seeds are going to become these, the trees. They're going to become the outcomes of your life. Because little things, over time, become big. In fact, what I want to do... Now, I'm going to look at something because one of the things I love about God and, and, and even what Jesus did, he was brilliant, is that God and Jesus in the scriptures, they love to take practical things that everyone understands to help shed a light on how spiritual things, which can be harder to understand, and how the spiritual kingdom works. And, and so when, 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 when God through the scriptures is trying to teach us about the power of little things over time and the, the spiritual principles and the practical principles of how it works, I love the example he uses because what does he use? He uses that of a seed. Now think about this. I want you to think about a few things. Because what is, why did they use this example? They want us to understand. They want us to equate the same way that seeds work are the little choices in your life that you're making. Now first of all, what, all, what do we want to understand about seeds? Seeds are what? They're small, aren't they? They seem so little. But isn't it fascinating that when you put a seed into the ground, and, and once again, God adds the sun and the rain and the soil, what happens is that little seed becomes a tree, doesn't it? And then that tree produces the fruit, not just an orange seed, right? You put it in the ground. What happens? And you put this in the ground, and then God does his part. You did your part of planting the seeds, but that seed doesn't produce another seed, does it? 
It produces a tree that produces fruit, that produces multiple seeds, and you have this multiplication. And so something small, one singular seed, doesn't just produce two seeds. What does it do? It produces trees, and then more trees, and then more trees, and an entire crop of harvest. So something small becomes large. What is God saying? Those little things you're doing in your life, when you begin to compound them with God's favor and God's power over time, become big. This is such an important thing. Small things become big. Here's, here's the second thing we need to understand about seeds, because this is, once again, connects with your little acts, the little things that you do well, is that there is a distance of time, a separation between you putting, if you will, the seed in the ground and you what? Eating the fruit. Like no one expects to go, I'm going to, you want oranges tonight? Great. Let me put, let me plant an orange tree this afternoon. Like everyone understands, and some of these seeds I was reading last night, actually, some seeds are like, hey, it's 75 days from putting in the ground to getting a fruit. Other like oranges, no, 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 before you can eat an orange, it might be like a thousand days between you put it in the ground and you eat the fruit. But here's what I want you to see. What is God saying? Is that so often in our lives, those little choices, we think, God, you're not paying attention. God, I've been so good to him. God, I've, I keep pouring into my kids, and they're just not following. They're not getting it. I, I, I keep doing the right thing at work. I keep, I keep faithfully tithing, God, and I'm still waiting. And what God is saying to us about your little choices is he's given you a promise. And the promise is, and the system works, that you keep planting the seeds, and God does his part, and one day you will reap the fruit. And so to encourage some of you, listen to this. Some of you are just in that waiting period. The fruit is growing. You're about to experience it. Don't give up because God has made you a promise. And that little seed, that little seed over time, one day you'll be eating those, those fruit. I know my parents talk about this sometimes with me because I, I was like the black sheep of the Boff family growing up. I really, that literally was my reputation, which was well-deserved. That's another story. But, but it's like, but my parents kept sowing those seeds, sowing those seeds, and then one day what happens? Now I take care of them. I'm always over there. I fix every problem they have, which is pretty much every day. My TV doesn't work, son. My internet's out, son. <laughs> like I'm there, literally, I'm gonna create like a tunnel from my house to their house. It'd be quicker to be over there. But here's what I want you to see. But see, there, there's, there's, a, there's a delay, there's a distance. And we need to understand that in the principle because what I'm telling you is some of you have, have, have given up and you think, God, you're not faithful, you're not working because you have been done all these good things and your God, your faith is failing because you're not seeing this. And I'm just telling you, God made you a promise. You keep sowing your seeds and one day you'll reap and you'll eat the fruit of what you sow. Now, here's something I wanted to share with some of you guys that I think is important that hit me, all right? And, and one of the things I, I want you to see is this. Now, now um, I'm gonna just kind of like, Really tough. I know it's not school, it's summertime, but I wanna ask you a tough question. So this is a pumpkin seed. So if I put a pumpkin seed in the ground, what fruit, I don't know if it's a fruit or vegetable, which is that actually, that's kind of embarrassing, but anybody? It's a fruit, okay, there we go, there you go. So, so if I put the pumpkin seed in the ground, what fruit am I gonna get? Say it out loud. Wow, you guys are so smart, it's brilliant. Now, if I take a watermelon seed, and I stick the watermelon seed to the ground, what kind of fruit am I going to get? Now, is there any possibility of me taking a watermelon seed, putting it in the ground, and getting an orange? Is there any possibility of taking a pumpkin seed, putting it in the ground, and getting an apple? What do we know? And this, what is God doing? Now, please hear this. What God is trying to do is use an example to help us understand it. Here's what I want you to think about, about the little things that you do. Here's, it's so, so important. You will always and only get the same type of fruit as the type of seed you put in the ground. And here's why I say to this, because some of us right here, 
and I hear this all the time. I got to find this right here. Where are we at? Okay. So this says career, just so you can't really tell because it's two big words. There we go. Right? Here's what some of us are doing. Hey, I keep putting um, these seeds in my career and, and I'm doing well, right? And providing for my family. It's just amazing. And, and I don't understand why, why, why she doesn't like appreciate me. I don't understand why the kids don't like respect me. I, I don't understand. Like, look, I keep sowing these seeds and man, they're, 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 they're getting all of these rewards. So why isn't he, why aren't they? Here's what I'm telling you. It's because you're not sowing seeds here. Because when you sow all your seeds here, you might be flourishing in your career and drowning in your spirit and drowning in your soul and drowning in your family. Why? Because you're only ever gonna get the type of seeds that you plant are gonna be the fruit that you want. And so if you wanna have a healthy family and a healthy marriage and you wanna have a healthy spirit, you can't just put seeds here and expect everything to work. That's not the way the works, right? If you want this, you gotta go, hey, I've gotta make sure that just as I'm investing in my career and reaping those rewards, I've gotta make sure I'm investing in my marriage and my parenting. I've gotta make sure in my soul so I'm not cranky all the time and having to apologize all the time. I need to make sure that I get time in the Lord and fill my spirit so I can walk in the peace and the patience that I need to live in today. I need to make sure I'm investing in the kingdom of God because I'm just telling you right now, listen to this. There are some of you that might go, are, are gonna look at your life and go, I spent all of my energy and I'm so frustrated. Why? Because my life isn't healthy because all I'm experiencing is a blessing in one area of my life. Why? Because that's the area you put all your seeds in. And you will only ever, you sowing into your business is never gonna create a healthy marriage. It's never gonna create a healthy family. You have to sow into your family and your marriage. And you creating a healthy marriage or a healthy business is never gonna sow into your soul. And I'm telling you right now, this is the way the seeds work. If you want God to flourish and to bless you, you have to invest seeds in the area you want to flourish. I ask myself all the time, where do I want to be in a few years? Where do I wanna be in 10 years? So what am I gonna do? I need to make sure that I am very strategically investing my seeds, which is what? My little acts, my time, my priorities, and these things. So I, I want a healthy, I want a healthy career. I do. I want to make a difference in the world, but I want a healthy family. So I'm going to create and make sure my energies and my time are investing in these specifically. I want a healthy soul. So I make sure I prioritize. I want to make a difference in the world. So I want to do these things. And I'm just telling you right now, don't expect the other areas of your life to flourish if all you're doing is sowing in here. Amen. And so what I want you to see in all this principle is, hey, the principle works. You go ahead and sow the seed. God will bless. But you need to make sure you're sowing the seeds in the right places because you're going to eat the kind of fruit based upon the kind of seeds that you plant. Now, the final thing before we move on is this, I want you to see is this, is that um, what I want us to understand and get with this is as I begin to plant the seeds, okay? Here's what I want you to see. I do my part and I plant the seeds, but here's... Notice what God did in his part, right? What is he telling you? He's trying to connect your choices and decision to the same way that plants and crops are harvested. So think about it like this. So, so I plant the seeds, but here's the question. Did I create the soil? Did, did I create the water and the rain? No. Did I create the sun, which it can't survive without? No, we're not great about birthing stars, are we? <laughs> and that, here's what I want you to see. This is such a beautiful thing. I want to remind, give you this hope. Here's what I love about this is God says, I've built a principle. I built a system that has worked since the dawn of creation. That when you plant seeds in the ground, I'll provide the soil, I'll provide the water, and I'll provide the sun to take this little tiny seed and within the systems of my power, grow them up into a flourishing life-giving tree. 
Can I tell you something? The same is true in your life. See, I love this about our Father. Is our Father is telling us, hey, when it comes to your life, you are not alone. The success of your career, your family, your soul, kingdom, it's not all based upon what you do. It's like compounding interest, right? You do your part. You've got to put it in the soil. You've got to plant the seeds. And God's like, as you do that and are faithful, I will compound it. I will grow it. I have built a spiritual system and a practical system that compounds small choices and over time and builds momentum and it grows bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until your life is flourishing and being blessed by God. And I just want to encourage you, for those of you that look at the mountain and go, it just seems so far. It seems so tired. I can't fix him. I can't fix her. I can't get that right. I can't balance this budget. It's too big. Here's what I want to encourage you. It's not all about you. Your responsibility, listen to this, is to plant the seeds. And God's responsibility is to grow them into trees. Your responsibility is to be faithful in little things in your life and put them in the areas that matter to you most. And God says, I'll give you the promise. When it's in the ground, it seems like nothing happening. I'm growing it and I'm building it. And I promise you this, that one day it will exponentially grow your effort and those little things will turn into big things that will once again flourish every arena of your life. I love this psalm, which kind of tells the same story about uh, seeds flourishing into trees and how God does his part. And I want you to notice something in this story. I want you to notice in the scripture how it's a series of little things, like here, right, little seeds, and how these series of little seeds actually end up, well, having a massive impact in every area of their life. Look at, look at the scripture. I want you to see this. Oh, the joys of those. In other words, so he says, hey, do you want to you find joy in life? Like, do you, do you want to be happy? <laughs> do you want to look at your life and go, wow, I am blessed? And he goes, let me show you some seeds, some little choices that you need to make in your life to be this kind of person. Oh, the joys of those, listen to this, who do not follow the advice of the wicked. What does that mean? Who makes a little choice to be careful what they let into their minds? See, that small. Like, what am I, I'm not going to let... Fox News or CNN determine my value system of the world. I'm not going to listen to this for those of you in school. Public education do it either. Because public education is wonderful at creating maybe some math and reading skills. But they also will tell you from our schools that you were basically made up of some primordial soup that a big explosion happened and you became just a human being. There was no purpose. There was no designer. There's no creator. In fact, you can't even pray to a creator's name in a public school. You're not allowed to. See, the same public school will tell you that you are whoever you feel you are. Whoever you identify. That's it. There, there, there is nothing greater than your feelings in this life that determine right or wrong. So here's what I would say. Because you want to be joyful, be careful who you let influence you. You see what he's saying? Why? Because what you think about, whether you believe it true or not, begins to affect your life. Notice this. Or stands around with sinners. Hey, um, that little choice is going, I'm going to make sure I'm hanging out with the right people. When I got my life turned around in the Lord, there were some hard decisions. There were some people that I really loved to be around, had a blast with. But every time I was with them, I was somebody I didn't want to be. And every time I was with them, they led me not to be the person, the husband, the father, the man that I was called to be. And he goes, you want to be happy and be joyful? Make the little choice. Be careful what you fill your mind with, the entertainment, what you listen to, what you read, what you watch, who you listen to. Secondly, be careful who you hang around with. See, that little choice of going, I'm going to just hang out with people in the gym or hang out with people from church in a small group. That little choice has a big impact. And he says this, or, or, or joins in with mockers. In other words, who, who takes on cultural values and lets the culture determine what's right or wrong instead of God. Now, I want you to think about this. See, we live in a culture and we live in a, in a state of the church where when you pull most people that say, no, I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe Jesus is the son of God, creator of the world. I gave my life to him. 
that you will discover that if you were to poll them things on when life begins and what is marriage and what is love and what is identity and, and, and what is generosity and what should a schedule look like, I'm telling you right now that most Christians would actually fall more in line with culture than they would what God's word speaks and says. Why? Because we've filled our mind with the advice of the wicked. We've surrounded ourselves with the culture that is wrong. And what happens is slowly and little, our own values have shifted away from what God's are to what the world actually is. And he goes, hey, do, do you want to find joy? Let me help you make some choices. Be careful you hang around what you fill with. Make sure your values are in line with God's word, not, not in cultures. But listen to this. He says, but they also will delight in the law of the Lord. They love God's word. They enjoy being in his presence. They create time like you're doing right now and the busiest of the life going, hey, we're gonna gather together and we're gonna learn like things that we're learning right now. We're gonna let God's word speak to us and redirect us and encourage us and build our faith, remind ourselves of who he is. And then last, they meditate it day and night. One of those, they have little choices and disciplines in their life every single day. They're, serve, they're, they're, they're filling their mind with God and his word, not the culture. Here's what I want you to see. Did you see like the buffet of good little choices? I'm not gonna hang out with this person, I'm hanging out with that person. I'm not gonna watch that to fill my mind, I'm gonna get my value system from here. I, I'm, not, I'm gonna make sure that, God, I surrender my values not to what the world says, but what you says. I'm gonna love your word, I'm gonna make sure I make time to be in your presence, I'm gonna create little disciplines, okay? There's small choices that in and of themselves seem so insignificant, but when you combine them together, look, look at what God says happens. This is the promise, I want you to, all throughout scripture, he goes, then you will be like a tree planted along the riverbank. Now think about that. A tree by the riverbank is always getting more nourishment. There's always water. There's always nutrients. You're flourishing in everything you do. You're bearing fruit in each season. When things are hard, you still got the fruit of this joy and you still got the peace. Their leaves never wither, but God always provides for them. See the supernatural spiritual principle, and I love this. And they prosper. And what's this word? All they do. See, one of the biggest, can you just hear me? Attention, those of you who point right now, hear me. Listen, listen. Sorry. One of the biggest mistakes that people make about faith is they think their faith only impacts their faith. And I love what he's saying. He goes, hey, I want you to know something, that your faith, those little disciplines, those little seeds of, of, of filling your mind with God's word and enjoying his presence and being disciplined of church, the discipline of, you know, the, the company you keep. Don't be, the Bible says, don't be deceived. Um, the bad company corrupts good character. He goes, these little choices in your faith actually impact all of your life. You see that? In other words, as you begin to follow the Lord and you start to make this, I want it's like compound interest. What happens is you get around the right people, they encourage you to become better. You fill your mind with the right thing and all of a sudden you've got a power, a faith, a strength, an encouragement uh, over, over fear and anxiety. Your values start to shift. It affects the choices you make and the entirety of your life begins to set to this different course where God blesses everything that you do. Why? Because of all the little things choices that you have made along the way. Your spiritual choices never just impact your spirit. They impact your marriage, your family, your soul, your business, God's favor, your peace, your emotions, your family, your generations that come to your children. It's everything. And I love the heart of God. It's like the compound interest. Hey, you just keep, don't walk in the, don't, don't drift into culture. Surround yourself with the right people. Fill yourself with my word. Enjoy my presence. You do these things over time and this will be your life. Not just because of the practical principle, but because of a spiritual promise of God says, this is what the kingdom of God looks like and how it works. And I, as the creator of the universe, will give you a, a promise that those little things you do over time, I will step in and I will bless. Can I tell you, listen, one of the most powerful 
tools that God has given you to transform your life, your emotions, your family, your children, your emo everything are little choices. Consistent, persistent, doing the right thing on it over time. Allowing God to build on itself and to bless every arena of your life. Th think of it like this. This is an interesting story. Um, what if I were to give you a choice? I want you to think about this for a moment, okay? When it comes to like little choices and their impact. What if I were to give you a choice right now to give you one penny, but then double the money every single day, right? Right, here's, I want you to see this. Or $2 million. Think about this, right? I want you to think about this real quick. So here you are, 10 days. I'm gonna give you one cent, then two cent, then four cent, eight cent, 16 cent, 32 cents. So after 10 days, you got $5.12. So here's the question I wanna ask you. Would you rather me go, I will do this in your life for 30 days or give you a $2 million check today? Now, obviously, it's pretty obvious. All my kids, everyone, my fans, it's simple. You, everyone wants $2 million. It makes logical sense, right? And, and you know, $2 million is the way I go. And here's what I want you to see. If you were to make that choice, what you would have given up is $3 million. Because over 30 days, when you keep adding, what happens, you end up with $5,368,000. It's the power of consistently and persistently adding one, 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 and more, and more, and more, and more. And this picture to me is so powerful. And what I love about this picture is after, what, 10 days, you got, it feels like nothing's happening, right? But, but after you begin to keep doing it over and over and over, all of a sudden that one penny turns into something so massive and incredible. I'm just telling you something. This is how the kingdom of heaven works. And for too long, we have underestimated the incredible impact of these small, consistent, persistent, good things over time and the incredible ability to transform our life. Never underestimate, never underestimate those little moments of adding 1% of faith over fear. Never underestimate of those few minutes every day that you spend in God's word where you fill your mind with his values and who he says you are and remind yourselves of who he actually is versus your emotions in the world. Never underestimate that 1% in your marriage of going, you know what, here's what I'm gonna do every day. I'm gonna do one act of kindness. I'm gonna say one encouraging word. We're gonna go on one date night every, every single week. You say, never underestimate the value of the little things compounded over time. Never underestimate getting your children in church regularly. Never underestimate the value that that begins to have in the long term. And they've done study after study that show that kids that are actively involved in student ministries, they've got relationships, they're not just there every once in a while, but they make that little choice. You know what? Student ministry is more important than the sports. Their soul and their spirit, their eternity matters more than their soccer. And when parents make that decision, it's like they're two to three times more likely to stay walking with God. And the parents that don't make that decision, the, their kids are two to three times more likely to walk away from him. Never underestimate that little, well, they don't even like it. Yeah, never underestimate starting in middle school and going, hey, for, the, for all the way through high school, you're gonna have small group leaders, you're gonna be in a small group community, and week after week, we're just gonna invest 1% in your spirit, 1% in relationship with God, 1% in the right crowd, and over time, never, never underestimate what can happen in their life from those little choices. Never underestimate the power of a budget over time. Never underestimate those little things and the impact and the influence they have over and over and over and over. Never underestimate when you mess up, just say, hey, I own it, I was wrong. Instead of letting that little seed of bitterness stay in that relationship. And I want you to understand this. Please, 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 please hear me. That God has given you his promise that he will multiply 
those little things and those little seeds over time will become massive trees and they will be the fruit that you will eat in your life, in your marriage, in your soul, in your spirit, and in everything that you do. So here's my challenge as we close today. And it's really, really simple. Here it is. I wanna give you a challenge to do a little thing this week in three areas of your life, okay? We'll take out here the career for a moment because you guys are already doing that, right? So here's what I wanna challenge you to do. What if you were to invest a little thing in your family? What if you were to invest something little in your spirit? And what if you were to make commitment to do something little, once again, in the kingdom of God? And what does this look like? They've also done studies that are fascinating. When we make general statements like, I'm gonna do this, family, that we rarely ever follow through. But when we're specific about this, when we're specific about it, it's amazing the impact that can have. So here's what I want you to challenge you to do. So what does this look like? We'll start with your spirit here, right, first, to make a little investment. Let me give you some specific. What if you were to, on the way to work on Mondays, call a message Mondays and say, hey, on my way to and from work, I'm gonna listen to a message instead of the radio. Like it seems so significant. Shut off Howard Stern, turn on like Journey Church. <laughs> or whatever, you know, church, a lot of great pastors out there. But, but here's what I want you to you. Could you imagine you do that every Monday for a year? What if you did Worship Wednesdays? on the way to and from church, instead of, you know, what I listen to, I'm gonna just listen to worship and pray 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. Well, it's, it's insignificant. Well, it is one time, but do it for a year. See, if you don't get specific in your plans, you won't follow through. This is the beauty of small choices. They're easy to start, easy to sustain. It's you gotta, you gotta come up. So what if you and a family made that decision? Hey, here's what I'm gonna do for my spirit. I'm gonna make decisions to be at church every Sunday. I'm gonna make the church to have message Mondays, worship Wednesdays. By the way, you're not really adding a lot of time to your schedule. You're, you're just redirecting a small amount of energy, but over time, what is that producing? What's well, transforming your faith, your, who you are, your peace and your joy. Sa same with your family. Like what if you just made the decision that, hey, um, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of go to the Bible app and once a week, let's say Wednesdays, and every single Wednesday night before we go to bed, we're gonna take that Bible verse, we're gonna read it, talk about it for two minutes and just pray together. That's small. Yeah, but over time, could you imagine 10 years of that, the impacts it would have on your kids and their love for God's word, the conversations? You see, it's, you can do it. You don't have to radically change your life, but that small decision will radically change your life. What about the kingdom? Like you realize that one day you'll stand before Jesus and you're gonna give an account to what you've done as his bride, the church. Not just corporately, but individually. And, and what you've done, based on what you've done, is gonna impact not where you spend eternity, that's faith, but how you spend eternity. So what's one thing you can do? Could, could, I make the, could you make the commitment to invite? What if it's just share every single week uh, that you were at Journey Church or, or you're at the church you're at, those you're watching other church. Like what, what if it was making an invite? I'm gonna make a goal to invite one person a month to church and take them to lunch afterwards and pay for it. What if it's I was to go to my gym that I'm at and maybe say, hey, can I pray for you? Like, you know what I'm saying? But my point is like, what if the key to the big transformation of your life is not the big, huge decision? It's you going, hey, here's what I want to do. I'm going to take these little seeds in little areas, and I'm going to consistently and persistently invest in them. And then I'm going to let God begin to use his power and his promise to take these little seeds and turn them into giant trees. And then I begin to eat the fruit, and everything I do is blessed by the favor of God because of the little choices of faithfulness that I made consistently and persistently in my life. Because even in our church today, as we're seeing God do incredible and amazing things. And somebody was asking about that. You know what I said? I said, you know what we are right now today at a church? We're reaping 19 years of those little faithfulness. 
19 years, we honored God and did the right thing. And 19 years later, we're seeing God begin to bless. And we're, my children are experiencing it. Like, I'm seeing what God is doing. Why? Because over time, over time, those little things, it's amazing what God can do. Let me leave you with this verse. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You will, a man reaps what he sows. It's a promise. It's not just a principle. It's a promise your God made. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh reap the destruction. Your compromise will come back. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, your faithfulness, from the Spirit to reap eternal life. And then I love this last part. Here's the challenge. So let us not become weary in doing good. By the way, when do you become weary? You become weary when you're doing good and you're not getting the result, right? If you started scratching off lottery tickets and won a million dollars every time, would you get tired? But we become weary after time after time and not getting the results. So he says, here, I want you to understand something. God says, I gave you a promise. I created a principle. This is the way the world works. This is the way the kingdom of God works. So don't become weary in doing good for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if we don't give up. The seeds you plant today will be the fruit you tomorrow. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you so much for everything that you've done and everything that you're doing. God, I just pray right now for everyone in here who feels like change is so big and so far that you would just encourage them to make those little choices and those little decisions and they would have the faith that over time you would multiply those seeds and turn them into life-giving, thriving trees of your blessing and favor in every area of their life. God, thank you for these promises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.